Hello and welcome to another Twin Tangibles podcast. My name is Tim Wright and today we're going to be talking to Jamie Veach about the crowdfunding campaign that he was involved with for Sheffield Live, which is a community TV and radio station. I spoke to Jamie a few days ago and this is what he had to say. So I'm speaking to Jamie in Sheffield. How are you doing, Jamie? How's it going this morning in Sheffield? It's a beautiful day. Thank you, Tim. I'm very well. I wanted to talk to you about the crowdfunding campaign that you did um, or you were involved with with Sheffield Live. So let's start off with talking a little bit about what Sheffield Live is. Sure thing. Well, first of all, Sheffield Live is a community radio station that's been going for 14 years broadcasting, oh. seven years of which it's, it's been broadcasting on FM radio okay. and se- seven years before that through through the Internet. And Sheffield Live is also now a local television channel. So okay. 20 locations across the UK have been awarded a license to run a local television channel. Sheffield won the live, won the license for Sheffield's local digital television channel broadcasting on Freeview. OK, so it was kind of a, just a, an, an extension of, of broadcasting. You decided to get into the visual stuff as well as just the sound. That's right. With the track record of radio and a very, very popular local community radio station that, that had been going so well for so long, you know, it was an obvious no brainer to bid for the TV license. When we won the TV license, we then had to figure out how to make it happen. And part of that was getting some capital. OK, so so, I mean, you know, gearing up with all of the necessary equipment and things is, is costly. And, and I guess that's where the sort of major uh, need for investment was. Yeah, absolutely. What we did once we were awarded the license, put together a, a robust business plan for the television operation and that working in parallel with and sharing some resources with the existing radio. We knew what we would need to get going and we knew that once we were going, once we were operating, we secured a contract with the BBC so that they would be buying news content from us and we would get national and local advertising in. But none of that money from the BBC contract nor from advertisers would come in until we were up and running with the TV. And to get up and running, we needed studio we needed uh, tens of thousand pounds worth of equipment television cameras and so on and through a number of routes that we could have gone down to uh, get that kind of capital that we needed we needed 150,000 pounds there are a number of routes but we chose to go down a, a very specialist crowdfunding route which uh, I can tell you about okay well That's first of all tell us Jamie what, what's your involvement with Sheffield Live you said it's a community station what, what's your particular involvement how what do you do and what do you do there and what do you do the rest of your time well I'm a freelance consultant I uh, worked in media for many years I ran my own set up my and ran my own magazine publishing company I've been consulting for businesses for charities and social enterprises for several years I was brought in with Sheffield Live originally to work on a business mentoring program they uh, they were part of supporting social enterprises then they helped, asked me to help write the bid for the local TV license we um, there are several other bidders for the license but okay. we won and once we got that, they said, can you help us get this capital? Can you help to run our, our crowdfunding campaign? Okay. And so I spend a couple of days of my week working with Okay, and, and so, so that was, you were very much uh, hands-on with the, the whole crowdfunding campaign to get this, as you say, £150,000 in order to, to get the, uh, the channel up and running. 
Um, yeah. You said you took a very, very specific and, and specialised approach. Tell us a bit about that. We did. The route we chose to do was called a community share issue, mm-hmm. and there have been around 200 community share issues across the UK. It's um, something that's often been used to save the last pub in the village, for instance, oh, yeah. when, when uh, a village or a town. Yeah. So often villagers have got together to buy their pub or buy the local local shop it's actually been used to buy two football teams as well um, and to buy um, to buy the ferry in in bristol and um, to save a a pier so community share issues are are where a society for community benefit is set up um, which uh, has uh, very specific rules and regulations relating to it and then people often local um, to to, to where it operates, get involved by buying what are called community shares, which have very, very particular rules and regulations around them, and become community shareholders in a project. Why, why, why that approach, Jim? Because, I mean, lots of people think of crowdfunding, they think of going on to, like, Kickstarter or Indiegogo or Crowdfunder or whatever it is, um, and running a campaign in that way. What made you go down the community shares route? Because it sounds like there's a lot of kind of legal um, requirements and a lot of things that you have to satisfy before you can get involved, whereas these other sort of approaches are are much more uh, straightforward in many ways to to just set up a project on them. Correct, they are indeed. The reason we went down the route was we wanted to really push the local media that you can trust, that's owned by local people. Media for Sheffield, made in Sheffield, owned by Sheffield. And we wanted to do something that was really, really transparent. And, of course, many platforms have very good due diligence and transparency. So I'm not knocking those. But for us, the idea of ownership of Sheffield community media in a society that has specific rules... And those rules include uh, um, provisions for non-sale or disposal of the assets so that people know that there's an asset lock uh, yeah. on, on the, what the money is being used to do. You know, we can't set up a society, get them cash in and then flog off the equipment. But also going down a community share route allows us to offer modest interest to investors and the shares However many sh- people can buy, could buy between £100 worth and £20,000 worth of shares. So it's £1 per share. Yep. Minimum investment was £100. The maximum was 20000 But however many shares they bought, they got one vote. They became a member of our society and they get one vote. They can come to the AGM. They can get involved. They can be as active as they want. But more money, more shares doesn't buy more votes. So we felt it was a really, really great process for involving people and you know, getting people to be involved in helping Sheffield Live to work. They don't have to be involved if they want to, but it means there's a vehicle for them to be involved as much as they want to by becoming a member. And so it's a, it, was a, it was a great process for us. Yeah. Plus, they, get, they, get, they can withdraw their shares and get their money back after a set period of time, and we can pay them interest after a set period of time as well. So we felt that it was worth going down this route, which, as you say, does involve satisfying certain criteria, um, legals and so on. 
but it was worth it for us. So in, in a way, really, what you did was you looked at uh, this strategically rather than tactically. This wasn't, we need £150,000, how can we get it? You actually looked at it and said, yes, we need £150,000, but what process is going to actually add additional value to what it is that we're trying to do? You placed it in a, in a broader context than the immediate need for the money. Yes, you've hit the nail on the head, Tim. Absolutely. I mean, there were a number of routes we could have gone down to get the cash. And we felt that this offered by far the most strategic value to us by promoting a a community share campaign across Sheffield in several months before we wanted to actually launch the television channel. We benefited from significant exposure, significant marketing and engagement of people. That, of course, helped draw people in to make programs. That helped to draw in interest from people who we needed to develop relationships with and work with. And when the television channel went live, we had our 117 members who have become investors who have a real interest in helping us to make it succeed. Yeah. So did you actually uh, use a particular platform? Is there a platform? I mean, I I can think of a couple of platforms that offer this sort of thing, but did you use a platform or did you do it yourself or or what approach did you take? Well, we took significant advice from um, the Cooperative Enterprise Hub and from something called the Community Shares Unit, which is uh, based out of Manchester and offers advice to people considering a community share issue. Yeah. Now they have now that they've they have set up a platform called that's, that's Micro Genius, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a great platform. And we did look at uh, Micro Genius in depth. We didn't end up using Micro Genius. We developed our own payment system, our own online payment system, yeah. so that people could buy their shares through our website, completing a couple of forms and obviously telling us that they, you know, they read our prospectus and our business plan and so on. Yeah. And uh, process payments through GoCardless. Okay. So that worked really well for us. And of course, we we took a lot of um, applications for shares and the payments for those community shares offline as well, with yeah. with people um, sending checks or making fax payments as well. But the online payment is absolutely crucial. It's really really important to have. Fantastic. We, we developed our own. So, uh, give me an idea of how long this this took from the from the point at which you thought that this was the approach you were going to take to going live with the campaign and then finally getting to the point where you, you hit your target. We spent um, a good half of 2013 writing the prospectus and refining our business plan and taking advice from advisors in the community shares unit, specialist media advisors, and then late 2013 and early 2014, running our prospectus and our business plan through uh, legal advisors to make sure it complied with any legislation or legislation that affected us. Yeah. So the process really in terms of writing the community share prospectus, and it's vital to get that right. That's a document, that's a printed document, but also an online document that is in effect, selling your idea to potential investors, yep. and obviously a robust and rigorous business plan that you've stress tested. Um, that process can take a good six to nine months. Yep. We then had the community share offer open from April until August. So, and within that time, there was a significant amount of publicity, online and offline, and you know, locally and and some national too. 
So it's it can be a long process, but it's it has to be really to get it right. Yeah. When when you were uh, putting together that plan, were you also building some kind of awareness that this this uh, project was going to come, so that people were ready for it when it went live? Absolutely. So before the campaign launched as a uh, open image share issue that people could invest in, I was out and about a huge amount from January speaking at loads and loads of business events, community events, social enterprise events across Sheffield, talking to people one-to-one and standing up at events and getting people excited about it. That meant that people were expecting the campaign, looking forward to its opening, ready to invest. The other crucial thing that we did was we lined up some pioneer investors so that when we opened the the public community share offer in April and opened that ready for people to invest in, they could see that there was already £20,000 committed yeah. to, towards the target. And that, get, of course, gives a lot of confidence when, when you open your campaign and there's already investment there. So, you, you know, a lot of people think of crowdfunding as being purely online, but you clearly did a lot of stuff on, offline as well. Absolutely, yes. That was really vital for us. We did as an enormous amount offline. I mean, I, I, I tell people we just pounded the shoe leather and we were out and about it huge number of events that's really interesting jamie what what are the key insights do you think for the campaign what we learned from the campaign first of all it's really really important to get people who are multipliers in other words people who are very well connected to themselves and are very well respected in what they do so people who are well networked well connected and who can act as advocates for your project so you don't just want them to invest you want them to invest and then tell lots of people that what you're doing is fantastic and tell their networks to get involved. Great. And we are on identify people like that and went to see them. And, you know, of course, a lot of them might not might not be online at all, but, you know, yeah. find out some of them are online, some of them are offline. Don't yeah. neglect those people who are very well connected but are offline. Do, do, you know, go and see them. Yeah. That was, that was the first crucial lesson. Secondly, Having your really, really powerful community share prospectus in our case, which is a document that is selling the idea to investors, which is underpinned by a strong business plan, a robust business plan. The community share prospectus is the document that sells you. It's a written document that sets out what you're offering to investors. Of of course, that's backed up by a film, uh, as is the case with most crowdfunded projects. And in that film, get people to advocate on your behalf so get people the film isn't just we want to do this the film shows people being really really excited about what you want to do and why they're so excited why it's going to be a good thing for yeah and so we got local celebrities well-known people from music from sports from education from business in our film people should do that if they can with crowdfunded projects, get you know get people to sh- to say how yeah. excited they are about it. So that's a, a, another lesson which was vital and really important. And then don't underestimate that amount. Of this because you know the hard work is getting the business plan, passing due diligence, and, and so on. If, it, if it's a community share issue, you know getting it signed off legally and. Uh, and so on, but then give yourself enough time to promote the campaign and, and because you, you're going to be doing that as a full-time job. You don't just set up the campaign and 
Yeah. Way too much. <laughs> yeah. Did that surprise you, the amount of time that it took? Well, I, I think I was expecting it to be quite, so I was ready for it. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I've talked to a lot of people and, and a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you also uh, had a look at a lot of other other projects that were similar in, in some way to see what you could learn from them as well. Yes, it's absolutely vital. And to be quite honest, you know, I think if you're going out to the market, taking a, taking something out to the market, it is it is it is real benefit if you've actually seen it from the side of an investor as well or a supporter of a project yourself. You know, if you've, you've been involved yeah. on the other side. Did you test the messaging and stuff with your with your prospective uh, marketplace before you you finalised it? Yes, we did. When we wrote the prospectus and and the supporting documentation, we um, we tested it extensively. The business plan went through. Uh, we we brought in all sorts of um, independent advisors to test stress test it, yeah. our assumptions and figures. Um, and the actual prospectus is a selling document. We ran past. Before it was checked off by the legal um, people, we, we tested it as in terms of effectiveness by running it past potential investors. You know, would you invest in this? Yeah. And that was a really good process as well. Excellent. So it was all successful. You got your money. What's the outcome now? Are you broadcasting already? We are indeed. Yes, we uh, we actually wanted to get 150,000 and we got 165,000 pounds. Wow. And um that also brought national media coverage and plenty of local media coverage. We are broadcasting. We went live on the uh, 23rd of September as a okay. TV channel, Freeview Channel 8 in Sheffield, Virgin Cable 159, but also on the Internet. And um, we focused on getting the news program right, which is a flagship daily news program. Uh, broadcast at 6.30 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. every day because we knew Sheffielders really wanted a, a, a local news program that actually was about Sheffield, not about the region. Yeah. Um, and that's that's great. We've broadcast plenty of local sports that has a big following but doesn't make it onto mainstream TV um, and lots of independent original production, which is fantastic. And then some of that production has been sold to other other stations as well. Which, Sounds um, Sounds absolutely brilliant. If, if, if we don't live in Sheffield, as I don't, where can we find out more about Sheffield Live? Well, visit SheffieldLive.org, which is a website which supports both the television and the existing radio station, um, which has been going for, for significantly longer. There is, um, there is then a facility to watch um, some of the news stories that we've covered but also to watch catch up tv to, to watch live tv sorry through a live tv stream on the um, flagged on the site and coming soon there'll be catch up tv so people can see some of the shows that we've we've, we've been broadcasting and they can listen to uh, to the to the radio from the website as well and um, we, we we've got a lot of listeners in sheffield but we have listeners as far afield as brazil wow uh, radio too <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. People wanted to hear the dulcet tones of Steel Town, eh? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you very much indeed for taking the time to speak to us today. It's been really, really interesting. Uh, best of luck with everything in, in uh, Sheffield Live. Uh, and thanks for sharing your, your insight and experience of doing that crowdfunding campaign. No problem, Tim, and thank you very much for having me today.
And thanks to Jamie for that. Really insightful. Appreciate him taking the time to speak to us. That's about it for this time. Thanks for listening. Look forward to speaking to you again soon. If you'd like to find out more about how Twin Tangibles can help you thrive in the crowd economy, or if you've got a query about your crowdfunding campaign, just get in touch at www.twintangibles.co.uk. This music is Beach Bum by Kevin MacLeod of Incomtech.com. If you want to hear about more Kevin MacLeod's music, go to Incomtech.com. We've licensed this under Creative Commons through attribution. This has been a Twin Tangibles production. My name is Tim Wright. Until the next time, thanks very much. <laughs>